Star Wars 7x7, episode 703. Today we do a Rebels briefing for you with Droids in Distress. It's the first official episode of the first season of Star Wars Rebels featuring three stalwarts from the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, Bail Organa, C-3PO, and R2-D2. And 3PO does something that is either a level of boneheadedness only seen in the days of Jar Jar Binks, or it's a ginormous plot hole. We'll reveal all right here. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Helen's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and here is the gist in brief of the episode Droids in Distress. So the crew of the Ghost is running low on food and fuel and supplies and all this stuff, and they've got a job that they could do from the arms dealer Visago, which they just decide, hey, we got to make a living. It's not really entirely unanimous, but it's unanimous enough that they decide to go do it. It involves an arms deal between the Aqualash and the Empire. The Aqualash are the walrus people, in case you needed the species reference. And it turns out that they are T7 ion disruptors, which are supposed to be illegal and have been outlawed by the Galactic Senate. This poses a problem for Zeb because, as we find out, his species was actually almost entirely exterminated by the Empire when they came to Lasat, and that the few remaining Lasat left don't even live on Lasat anymore. Now, by a lucky coincidence, it turns out C-3PO and R2-D2 are involved in this. And, of course, why wouldn't they be? I mean, it's the first episode of the first season of Star Wars Rebels. You want to get some familiar faces in there, wouldn't you? And they are helping out translating, or at least 3PO is, between the Aqualash and the Empire's representative. What? Wait a minute. Why are they working for the Empire? Well, turns out they're not. Turns out they're on a secret mission of their own, working for Bail Organa. And when the ghost crew ends up hijacking the weapons, they end up getting stowaways in the form of 3PO and R2 as well. Now, they're supposed to be fitted with restraining bolts, but somehow they are either not or 3PO is able to overcome a restraining bolt to the degree that he's able to go use a communications panel inside the ghost and send out a message against anyone's permission or anything like that. What's more is that... If he's working for Bail Organa, you would think that if he has to send a distress signal, he would send it to Bail Organa, but he doesn't. He actually sends it to the Empire. Now, maybe you could make the case that he made a mistake because he was freaking out because he'd been kidnapped by thieves and brigands and all this stuff, or maybe you could make the case that he is so deep undercover that he thinks he has to continue acting like an agent to the Empire, and that's why he puts in a call to the Empire for assistance, but... I don't think so. And would R2 really let him pull a stunt like that? I mean, R2 isn't even around, actually, when he does that. So heaven only knows what happened. Personally, I think this is a rather ginormous plot hole that is completely unexplained. I think they just needed to try and set up a dramatic confrontation with Agent Callus and Zeb, where you find out that Agent Callus actually gave the order for exterminating the Lasat. And to add insult to injury, Agent Callus uses a bow rifle, which is a weapon that is supposed to be used only by a high honor guard on Lasat. And yeah, Callus took it from a dead one naturally, so of course Zeb does not take to that too kindly. So they fight and Agent Callus of the Imperial Security Bureau, in case you don't recall from last week's episode, gets the best of Zeb, and just as Callus is about to deliver a killing blow, Ezra has a no little Jedi freak out. 
and does a force push that sends Agent Callus flying away, knocks him out against the wall of a hut. Not a job of the hut or not any of those huts. It's just, you know, just a home kind of hut. And in the meantime, the crew of the Ghost has decided to sabotage the rifles so that they don't fall into Imperial hands. R2-D2 helps with this process by offering to set the weapons to go on overload, which they use to blow up a bunch of stormtroopers and blow up a what looks like a, a prototype Imperial Scout Walker. Now, it's been stated repeatedly that the artwork and the design for Star Wars Rebels is based heavily on the work of Ralph McQuarrie. And in fact, the design of Zeb the Lasat is actually based on early concept drawings of what Wookiees might possibly look like. And as far as the Scoutwalkers go, well, you kind of get the same feel that this might be what they could have looked like at least, you know, 10 years before Return of the Jedi, which is about roughly the difference between where we are in Rebels and where we are in Return of the Jedi, actually, maybe nine years, if you will. But even then, like the chicken walker that you see at the um, at the Battle of Hoth in The Empire Strikes Back, even that looks different from what we saw in Return of the Jedi. So you do see some evolution of the models and the, and the uh, prototypes even happening. Anyway, the bottom line is that the Rebels win out eventually and get to meeting up with Bail Organa and dropping off C-3PO and R2-D2 and getting paid for their time and their trouble, which is really awesome. Hey, you know, why not? And as they go to leave, Bail Organa asks R2 if he recorded everything and says, hey, tell me all about these Rebels. He's the one who names them Rebels, Bail Organa does. And even though we know that Bail Organa is a founding member of the Rebel Alliance, we don't really know yet how big the rebellion is at this point or whether it even exists or whether Bail Organa is just doing these little side jobs on his own or with a small group of people. But even though the crew of the Ghost is really just trying to make a buck, and of course it doesn't hurt to actually make a buck off of the Empire, they're not seeing themselves as rebels per se, and yet Bail Organa certainly seems to have this idea. So it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing develops. And that's going to do it for our Rebels briefing. We've got Fighter Flight, which is Episode 2, on tap next week for you. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You know how I just got done talking about the beauty of the stuff that the visual effects folks in The Force Awakens do? Well, there's another beautiful thing that i got to mention here as well, and that is the 3D holograms that Zebra Imaging has made, teaming up with Lucasfilm to create the world's first and only Star Wars 3D hologram collectibles. Check them out at sw7x7.com slash hologram to see Kylo Ren, the Death Star Trench Run, R2-D2 projecting Princess Leia, and let's not forget Han Solo and Carbonite. That's the one that my mom wouldn't be able to stand. Oh, that scene made her so sad. (laughs) Anyway, one more time, it's sw7x7.com slash hologram to see them for yourself. All right, I think we should do some trivia here, don't you? Last time we asked you who attacked Captain Phasma on Starkiller Base, and that was Chewbacca. Today's question, what do Han, Finn, and Chewie decide to do with Captain Phasma once they're done with her on Starkiller Base? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you force choke your captain, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com slash sw7x7. It's not an apology, it's destiny unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.